Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Tucker Milling. Join Andy Schneider, National Spokesperson for the USDA APHIS Avian Health Program, Editor-in-Chief of Chicken Whisperer Magazine, and author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, Chicken Factor Chicken Poop, and Zero Waste Chicken Keeping, as he welcomes top poultry veterinarians, poultry scientists, and poultry nutritionists to discuss the hot topics in the poultry world today and provide science-based, fact-based, study-based information to help you raise the healthiest poultry possible. And now, here's your host, Andy Schneider. Yes, it is me, the Chicken Whisperer, and welcome to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by our good friends over at Tucker Milling. We have a great show lined up for you today. Today, we have... Now, wait a minute. It didn't actually update. I'm going to have to go and change that. It didn't actually update on the show um, review here. It's last week's show, but this week's show, <laughs> we've got Dr. McRae, and uh, she's going to be reviewing a new product that came on the market last year, the Hatching Time Brooder, and I'm anxious to hear. I haven't heard anything. This will be absolutely new to me. I know that she was testing these out as often as we talk on the phone. Um, and email and text and things like that. And so I'm anxious to hear what she thinks about this new product, the Hatching Time Brooder. Because any time uh, a company comes out with a brooder that can make brooding safer um, for the chick owner is always a good thing because we really want to weed out all of those dangerous heat lamps. Not only is it going to run up your electric bill, uh, but they're not really ideal for the chicks. And then, of course, the fire hazard is extreme. So anytime we can um, use a brooder like that uh, or have one that is um, uh, comes out uh, new, it's always a good thing, especially if it makes brooding a breeze, especially if it makes it easier for the chick owner, and, of course, the fire hazard issue. So I definitely want to be how the brooder uh, heat source uh, works, what it's like, can you stack them, things like that. Years and years and years ago, probably about 14 years ago, I got my first GQF uh, universal brooder box, and it was just a single level, and it was great. We really enjoyed it. We kept it for a few years, then we donated it to an APA uh, I think it was the American Bantam Association, not the American Poultry Association, American Bantam Association Youth Program here in our state. And then about four years ago, we were blessed to get another unit, but it was a stats three big uh, brooders, um, and all three levels have heat. They also have the extender. This was the GQF Universal Brooder Box, and it does make brooding a breeze, and it's a next safer heat source, and we really enjoy using that. 
it's really the same design since the 50s. And so probably some updates that could be done to the GQF universal brooder box, but we still have it out here. We still use it about once a year, sometimes more, depending on what we're testing, if we're testing products or things. But today's show is all about the hatching time brooder review from our good friend, poultry scientist, Dr. McCray. Now, I normally do this kind of at the end, but I'll do it right now real quick because some people may not be able to stay for the whole show, every show, every week. And that is, I want to send a reminder out there to everybody that's listening uh, that you can subscribe to the totally free digital edition of Chicken Whisperer magazine, and you'll receive that four times a year. And it's not anything that's less than the print edition. We have a lot of people subscribe, thousands, to the uh, print edition, and it's mailed to them, and they sit in their easy chair and flip through the beautiful color pages and, and read it and then file it away for reference. And you can do that, too. It's nine ninety five a year, but we have uh, tens of thousands that subscribe to the digital edition. And that's absolutely free, and it's not a bait-and-switch. This is the seventh or eighth year uh, of the magazine, and it's never been a bait-and-switch. It's never, hey, you can have the free uh, digital issue for a year, and then, oh, guess what? It turns – no, it's all free. You can read every single episode uh, – episode. you can read every single article that's ever been written uh, by our great team of poultry professionals from around the country, and that's Chicken Whisperer Magazine com chickenwhisperermagazine.com. You can go there now and uh, look at all the ar archived uh, magazines that we've done, winter, spring, summer, and fall. <clears throat> and, of course, if you want to subscribe, nine ninety five per year. It's the best value in backyard uh, chicken magazines. If you look at lately, uh, when your farm store of the other magazines and how expensive they are, yikes. You can almost get four issues of our magazine for one price of theirs. And then another thing to look at is when you look at who's writing for those magazines, uh, and I say this kind of half-heartedly, but uh, kind of serious as well. If you look at who's writing their magazines, it seems like over the years, if you have a pulse, a pin, and poultry, they'll let you write for them, regardless of your experience, regardless of what you're sharing is fact-based, science-based, uh, study-based information. And that's why with Chicken Whisperer Magazine, we have a great team of poultry professionals, poultry veterinarians, poultry scientists, poultry nutritionists that write for our magazine every single issue. And so you know the information is going to be correct for you to help raise, uh, to help you raise a healthy flock of chickens. So and information is free. That's the best thing about it, Chicken Whisperer Magazine. Com. I also have some really good news today to share. I just literally, within the hour, signed the amended contract to my very first book, The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens. We've done five now, um, but that is going to be released very soon as an audio book. So I, I guess you can download it to your, I don't know, iPad, phone, iPod, whatever, and Listen to that book as an audio book while you're riding to and from work or wherever you want to be. So that's exciting news. The publisher reached out to me a few months ago and said, hey, we think your first book uh, would be a great fit to do audio book. And so we're doing that. And so got the contract today, signed it, and it's in the works. So hopefully I can't imagine it being longer than really more than 30 days. And you'll be able to probably at Amazon where you found my other five books um, will be able to. Um, purchase the audiobook of that Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens. So that's exciting news. Uh, we've had it in Kindle. Uh, long, I think all of them are in Kindle now, and uh, so that was nothing new. But the audiobook, this is the first for our series of five books. Um, 
we've got the chicken whisperers guide to chickens, and then we have the uh, let's see if I remember all these. Then we have the re- revised edition of the Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens. Then we've got um, uh, waste-free chicken keeping, and then we've got um, uh, what is this like a simple or first time? I think it's called first time chicken keeping, which is uh, just an updated book, probably of our first. Uh, but they're all uh, out there on Amazon, Books a Million, Barnes and Noble, and uh, other places. Uh, if you didn't already know, also in the news, there's been a con- confirmation of a wild duck in, I believe it was North or South Carolina, um, that tested positive for high path avian influenza. So that's been coming across the email lately from USDA, APHIS, and others. Um, and so, you know. They found one wild duck that's had high path avian influenza. Big deal? Yeah, it's high path. It's not low path. Uh, so that's what makes it a big deal. Uh, it was just one bird. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're telling folks that, you know, um, if you're in that area down here in the southeast, just kind of review your biosecurity um, uh, and, and husbandry practices, if you will, regarding your backyard flock. And so we've done bukus and bukus of podcasts uh, about biosecurity. You can go back and listen to any number of them uh, that we've done. If you want to go back and even listen to when we talked about uh, a high path uh, and low path avian influenza, you can do that as well and listen and get kind of geared up for all of that. So um, that's enough host chat so far. I'm going to go to our first commercial break. It'll be short, I promise you. Get that pen and paper out uh, because we're going to be welcome when we come back on the other end of the break time brooder review with our good friend poultry scientist dr mccray so stay with us we'll be back right after this short break Since 1921, Stromberg's has been a family-owned and operated business providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers. Today, the Stromberg's family offers over 200 different breeds of poultry, including chickens, waterfowl, and game birds. They also offer poultry supplies for both the beginner and experienced poultry keeper. Stromberg should be on the top of your list when it's time to order your new day-old baby chicks and poultry supplies. Order online today at strombergschickens.com. That's strombergschickens.com. Strong Animals uses plant-based products and natural approaches to promote the health and vitality of backyard flocks. Our daily snacks, water additives, and coop refresher products contain organic essential oils, prebiotics, and other natural ingredients to promote digestive health and immunity. Give your chicks and chickens what they need to thrive with Strong Animals products. Available at local farm stores across the country and Amazon. Visit GetStrongAnimals.com today to learn more. Metzer Farms is now hatching and shipping the premier egg layer. This girl is consistently laying jumbo eggs with a higher nutrient density and lower water content than your eggs now. She is an extremely hardy bird and the most heat and cold tolerant egg layer available, allowing for year-round outdoor production. An eggshell unmatched in sturdiness and thickness, making cracks a thing of the past. 
increase your health and double your egg profits. Of course, we're talking about ducks. Duck eggs are revered by chefs for their succulent flavor and by bakers for being the better baking egg. Learn more about this extraordinary duck, the Golden 300, or any of our other 35-plus breeds of ducks and geese at MetzerFarms.com and order your next flock from us. The Yardbird Chicken Plucker takes the hassle out of backyard chicken processing by fully defeathering birds in just 15 seconds. Powered by a 1.5 horsepower electric motor, the Yardbird Chicken Plucker can handle two 8-pound birds at one time, while the built-in irrigation ring keeps your hands free for other butchering tasks. The 20-inch stainless steel drum features 110 rubber plucking fingers that gently remove feathers and dirt without tearing the skin. When butchering is complete, the plucker rinses clean with just soap and water. To learn more or purchase your plucker, visit YardbirdPluckers.com. And now we return to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer with your host, Andy Schneider. All right, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by our good friends over at Tucker Milling. And it is now time to welcome our good friend as well, poultry scientist, Dr. McCray. Dr. McCray, thank you so much for joining us today and, and willing to share uh, everything you've learned about the hatching time brooder over the last year. Hi, Andy. Can you hear me okay? And loud and clear. Great. Well, I have been playing around with some new things that I think you, the listener, will find very fun and interesting. Um, sometimes you come across new products and you're just kind of going, what? Really? And they just get your interest. And i got to say this company, Hatching Time, has done that for me. As soon as I ran across them really quite by accident, just about, oh, Almost two years ago, I came across their items on, of all places, eBay, and I tracked it back to their website, hatchingtime.com, and it really made me chuckle because I had just moved from Delaware, and that's where they're at. <laughs> it was like two ships passing in the night. We we were not in the same state at the same time. But, um, yeah, Hatching Time's got a whole lot of new, fun, and interesting stuff and um, been doing some work with them. So what they did is they sent me their uh, brooder along with some of their other items, which I'll talk about at a later date. But their four-level, 15-inch brooder. And, you know, I since I was a 4-H member, have been brooding chicks in boxes on the ground. And whether it's a turkey or a chicken, I tend to put them in a box. I tend to put them on the ground with shavings and roll on. And I just get used to bending over and dealing with, you know, stuff that ends up in um, shavings that end up in the water and then just trying to constantly adjust the height and I really, Andy, had my eyes mm-hmm. opened up to how much easier a brooder is. Um, no, it's not the cheapest. No, mm-hmm. it's not. It's any any sort of brooder, any brooding unit. It's not going to be the cheapest. That's why folks start with the simple stuff. But 
if you're into this chicken thing, eventually, if you if you've got you know, you know, any sort of ambitions to hatch or breed or propagate in any way, you're going to start looking at brooder. And uh, it's going to be an investment. Mm-hmm. But I like it. I, I, I've I never, you know, I did not realize until I started actually timing myself and doing the comparisons of the times that I've done certain activities on a daily basis or in some cases more than once a day basis. It's so freeing <laughs> to not have to, yeah, I, I was just, it, you know, I know the benefit and I talk about the benefits. And then to actually live it and record the times and have the data to actually share with everybody, I'm excited. Really, I am. So for this company, I did a couple of comparisons. I compared uh, a galvanized metal brooder, not unlike the one that you have, Andy, in your possession. Sure. Um, I had a a one-level brooder, and I compared that to this four-level brooder. And, you know, it's it's the kind that everybody starts off with. Brooders from hatching time, uh, they come in a box, but they're not assembled. And so one of the first things I did is I created an assembly video um, with the hatching time brooder. <clears throat> and you can check that out on the Center for Small Flock Research Facebook page and, you know, see how it goes together. I was especially taken with the heating system. Mm-hmm. For years and years, I've been saying, you know, lamps, got to be mm-hmm. careful, use caution, adjust the height. And then, I don't know, Andy, was it like seven or eight years ago, I started talking with you about infrared heaters and how commercial Correct. industry is working with infrared and how that actually works. Mm-hmm. which you're actually heating the chick, not the air. Mm-hmm. And then, boom, that's what they've got in their brooders. And I cannot say how happy I am with, yay, something accessible to um, a brooder unit. Uh, now, that doesn't mean that that isn't out there for somebody who's brooding on the ground. So you've got that available at, the supply or any of the chick supply um, companies, they've got like the Eco Glow, and um, you know you've got the, the the cheapy cheapy ones at Tractor Supply, which I'm not wholeheartedly thrilled with, um, and the the hanging ones that um, come out of uh, I think it's Wisconsin, though the sweeter heaters. There you go. Those, you know, there's a little bit of manipulation. The height is adjustable, um, but, you know, it, there's tweaking. Mm-hmm. I really liked not having to mess. I could just put it in, put the, the infrared heater into the brooder unit and go. But basically, you put one section, to, you know, a door section together, and, and it's all plastic, so it's disinfectable. You put the different sections together, you add the struts and supports, and then you just stack them 
one, two, three, four. And I've I got from the company the four layer, fifteen inch. There is a nine and a half inch, mm-hmm. so a shorter one, which is perfectly great if you've got shorter birds. Like maybe you've got all bantams or quail or uh, maybe chucker or partridge or pheasant, some some smaller bird that you're working with. Um, but these were chickens that I was working with, and, and these are, are broiler chickens to start off with. And, you know, I, broiler chickens are easy to find all times of the year, and I, I did the this little um, brooder trial over Christmas break. The watering system, pretty straightforward. They've got a couple nipple drinkers in each level. And the feeders I'm really happy with, really well thought out. And that'll tie in later with the the time that I'll talk about. But you just slide that heating unit in, and um, you'll have to read the article that I put into Chicken Whisperer magazine. That's coming up, folks, where I'm going to talk to you about some of the energy that goes into running different kinds of brooders and running different pieces of equipment that you will have to compare, whether it's, um, like an eco glow or a sweeter heater or even just like maybe one of those brooder bulbs. I'm going to be doing some of the the cost comparisons um, for you to actually consider because, yeah, it, it runs on electricity. So you're going to have, you know, some little bump to your bill depending on what you choose to do. And if you're into this, you know, what What are you, the decisions that you're going to have to make and can you afford to get this kind of unit and, and um, you know, versus the time savings versus the cost of running it? These are all the considerations to, to put together. Um, between each of the levels, since the, the floor is um, plastic, you've got trays to catch the droppings. Super easy to access, put in, pull out, um, spray down. Love it. Love it. Uh, But let me talk about the feeders for just a sec. Huge. Huge. They're on the front of every single level. They're huge. Plus, you've got little feeder guards on the top that you can take you can either put them in or, or take them out when it gets to a certain point and not use them if you don't want to. And there's these billing strips. You know, I've talked to Andy about mm-hmm. when chickens just start, you know, they're like, do I think I'll just take a <laughs> beak full of food and fling it back towards myself. <laughs> and you're like, you know, chicken, that's money that you're flinging all over the place. No, they don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but they have a little strip that you pop on there that keeps the food like 90% inside the feeder. That doesn't mean that you can't make mistakes in overfilling it, but that's also where your your um, feeder guard comes in. Keeps them from just, you know, raking the food out. Uh, so, yeah, this company has really thought through the details each of the doors are clear plastic with openings that are adjustable in height. So as the chickens get bigger and their little bitty heads get bigger and fatter, you just lift it up a little bit more 
and they can stick their head out a little further and get to the food. Uh, yeah, I, I really appreciate a company that's thought about the realities of moving around and, and getting to work with chicks in a brooder. Now, I am five foot nine uh, in height. The water container sits on top of the top layer of the four layer. That's taller than I am. It's all about mm, about six and a half feet, maybe. So I have a step stool that I use if I have to. If I really got to reach into that top layer and maybe adjust something, or you know, if tippy toes aren't going to do it for more than like you know. 15, 20 seconds, I'm going to go get the stepladder because of my height. And when I'm up there filling up the the water tank, all I had to do was take a, you know, a bucket of water and just pour it in there, no problem. And it wasn't super heavy or anything like that. And that's just, it just made things so much easier. All right, here's the comparison with the galvanized brooder. So as far as my time was concerned, at the start, I put chick um, starter in everything, and I I used a starter grower, so I didn't change my food. But in each level of the four-level brooder, they have little tiny chick brooder feeders, and you can move them around inside there. And they have, for each, they have, for each level, you've got three of them, and they even have brooder guards on top of them. So that's super nice. And then you've got little tiny brooder waterers that you put in there. So you can make food and water extra accessible in that first 24 hours for all four levels. So there's two brooder waters per level and three brooder feeders per level. I turned on the heat. I turned it up to about 95 degrees. Um, Of course, the only negative I would say is their units are in Celsius. And, you know, so I had to go to the Internet real quick and say, okay, so if it says 40 degrees Celsius, how high is that in Fahrenheit? Yes, here in the United States, that's how we operate. And so I popped everything in there. I ran it for 24 hours before the chicks arrived. And the day that the chicks arrived, we had a cold snap. Um, I was a little bit worried because um, I, I did this in the garage. I was a little bit worried about the chicks at the bottom because I'm like, hmm, okay, you know, heat rises, cold descends. wonder if I'm going to see a difference in the weights of the birds from one level to the next. Um, and so every week for the for the three weeks that I brooded them, I did uh, feed waybacks and I t- collected body weight for each level of the brooder and also for the galvanized brooder. And there was about nine or ten birds in each level um, and, and ten birds inside the galvanized brooder. So away I went and... You know, I just, time-wise, I I kept the 
brooder water and the brooder feed in there for about 24 hours and I opened up the doors on the front and put feed in the feed trays and put the 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 feeder guard on top of it and you know adjusted the height just right so that uh, I did have one chick that immediately called my bluff on how much space I gave it and he popped right out and I was like let me fix that <laughs> and of course he was in the penthouse so he could have kamikaze these all the way to the bottom. So here I am on the step still going, no, no, go back in, go back in. <laughs> Humorous. And, and you know, and of course, you know, he'd already tasted freedom running back and forth in the feeder. And I was like, no, go back in. <laughs> but opening the, and closing the doors is super easy. Um, and so I took the brooder feeders and the brooder waters out after 24 hours. They'd already found the water, um, which is a nipple drinker cup. And then after a few days, I took the cups off the nipple drinkers and adjusted their height up. Um, they did just fine. Loved it. Not a problem. Learning what it was, where to go. They got it. Um, so away they went. Um, I took after one week, I took out the the bottom plastic layer that you lay down inside each level of the brooder. Accidentally slipped through the plastic. But being that these were broiler chickens, um, you know, they grow pretty fast. And I probably could have taken those out after, you know, maybe three or four days. But I kept them in there and I was just, you know, making double sure that nobody was going to slip through. So after I took that out for one week, then the droppings went straight down into the dropping pans underneath. And all I had to do with those plastic pieces that slip inside the um, brooder, the ones that I took out, just hose them off. Super easy to clean. Used a little scrubber brush for cleaning all 12 of them because there's three per level. I would say I spent maybe in walking back and forth to probably 15 minutes and just hosing them off and doing a quick scrub. And then I let them air dry in the sun. Done. Um, and now now they're just in storage. Then um, for that, I would say feeding was absolute snap. For the first week, I just filled it once. And all I really had to do during the first week, since these are broiler chickens, which means they are uh, really <laughs> good at eating the food and quickly. <laughs> Every day, all I had to do was spend about, oh, maybe 10 seconds, maybe 15 seconds. And just, you know, they, they kind of eat it on the side closest to them. Well, all I had to do was like, scoot the feed closer to their side of the brooder and they could reach it. Um, so that's all I had to really do in the first week. And I kept the, the feed guard in there for maybe two, three days. Um, yeah, it was so easy. So my time spent, um, every day I added like one more bucket of water, which took two minutes. Uh, and, you know, max a minute for the feed, making sure nobody had died, everybody's comfortable. Yeah, so I was done checking the brooder in 
less than like four minutes every day. And I was just mm-hmm. like, yay! <laughs> <laughs> I've never had that much of a freeing experience. And, you know, I, <laughs> there are trials galore going on at this university. So much easier doing things this way. All right, so comparing that with the galvanized brooder. All right, mm-hmm. galvanized brooder, um, it was bigger. Each, you know, it was one big level, so the birds had more space. So they were getting a little bit larger um, on the weekly ways, but they would suck down their water so fast because they have the little water troughs on the side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I only had one of those, and I was filling that probably twice a day. So what I would have to do is, is, and then towards the end, I was filling it maybe three or four times a day so that they would have adequate water. And then those little boogers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's no billing guard on that right. feeder. <laughs> So I would have to fill up their feeder um, two or three times a day. And where was most of that feed going? On the ground. On the floor. Right in yeah. front of them. <laughs> yeah. Or it might fall into the feed tray underneath, and they can't gain access to that, so it might as well be on the floor. Um, so, yeah, that was more than a little disappointing. Uh, and I will say it's a nice big brooder but that bottom tray uh when you try to pull that out it's really unwieldy the size that i had was really unwieldy and in the small space of a garage i was just kind of like i couldn't get over this maybe it's just me i always got the feeling that i was going to cut myself when i was sliding it in or out just because it's metal. And, you know, I was going to ask I may not have been entirely accurate. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I slide it in there and, you know, uh, and I'm pushing it in. And, oh, I poked myself. Okay. Well, am I bleeding? Yes. No. Moving on. You know, so I would say, as far as time is concerned, the first week, you by the end of the first week, you started to see that you were spending twice as much time on the galvanized brooder than you were the hatching time brooder. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the it's the feeder and the water size. Yeah, there could have been another waterer that could have been added to the side. Did I have that? No, I had one of each. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the plastic feeder and water. The little hooks were brittle. Um, yes. And, I mean, they really hooked on there. And each time I would go to try to lift it off there, if you didn't lift it at the right angle, you're going to do what I did, which was snap one of them off mm-hmm. on Christmas morning and go, <laughs> where's the E6000? <laughs> you know, or, or, you know, in my case, it's like, dang it, the the super glue's all dried out. Where's the E6000? You know? Oh. So, yeah. Um, but I did put uh, a chick feeder in there, inside there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I put a chick water inside there with a quail base. 
Mm-hmm. And because I was not paying attention, um, I put the water just a little bit too close to the heating element, which melted a hole in there, which was, woohoo! yay, good job me. Uh, so that's a risk <laughs> and a boo-boo that I made. Um, so, you know, it's just like, uh, I didn't have to worry about any of that, and I was thankful that I didn't have to worry about any of that with the, the hatching time breeder. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, you know, now I've got a, a a nice feed scoop with a hole in one end. Now, were you lucky um, enough? Which is, were you lucky enough for that pull-out tray on the galvanized metal brooder? Were you lucky enough to have the liners for those trays? Or no. did you they okay, so they just defecated and whatnot on the, on the metal tray and then you hose that off. Yeah, we were right. fortunate enough to get a big roll of those and they fit perfectly they sit there they absorb moisture and odor and whatever and then you just peel that you just basically kind of fold the corners in of that that uh, liner and then just dispose of it in in the trash and then put another liner in so that was you know I really hosed anything down so that was a convenient for us with ours I think we still may have a few you just pull the tray out pull the liner off, put another liner in, and put the tray in. So the liner, they do make, just for people who are listening, they do make a liner cut specifically. And they, they can get expensive, too. That's just another thing you have to buy to save you time. It's a convenient factor. How much is my time worth? Um, and they're not cheap by any stretch. But you can get a whole roll of them, or 25 or 50, you have many. And so uh, for those listening regarding the um, galvanized brewery, that, that that's an option. You're just going to have to pay for it. So that's available. So we were, we, one of the things I did is every single bird got weighed once a week. Mm-hmm. I weighed the chicks the day I got them. I weighed them every week thereafter. Every time I went to fill up the feeder, uh, I weighed how much they ate before I put fresh in. Um thing that you, the average person, is going to do is, is doing the, the way back amount. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, that was getting super annoying with the galvanized feeder because, mm-hmm. you know, two or three times a day and seeing how much they were throwing on the ground and having mm-hmm. to sweep that up every single day and throw it away. Did you notice uh, also it gets between the, the gap between the trough yes, feeder and yes. the unit itself that a whole bunch yes, there's a falls little shelf in between. There. Yeah, yep, yep. Yes. <laughs> and when you go to to lift the feeder off, um, there it goes. <laughs> it's like, yeah, there it goes. And if it doesn't, you know, you try to like drop the feeder down there really quick and be like, okay, well, this is how much they haven't eaten. Uh, okay, I'm gonna try to catch that. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, that was that was my struggle. And so as far as uh, body weight. The birds in the uh, hatching time brooder were a little bit smaller, and the birds in the galvanized brooder were a little bit larger. And I was like, huh, okay. Uh, but they were pretty close. I haven't run the stats on it yet, but I will in time for the article. Um, but the feed consumption was much less in the hatching time brooder, which makes sense. They're smaller birds, right? And the feed consumption, I would have to say, is much worse in the galvanized brooder. 
And when I did the um, feed conversion ratios, it was horrific <laughs> for the galvanized brooder. Yeah. The amount of feed that went into, yeah, the birds were bigger, but your feed conversion ratio was terrible, just terrible for the amount of feed that you were putting forth to those birds and what you were getting in return just wasn't there versus the hatching time brooder, which was significantly better. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, and how easy it was to lift up and put back on the feeder in the front of the hatching time brooder. Easy, easy. Now, I will say, if you're putting it together, use the vice grips. I didn't have vice grips when I was putting mine together. I just was using my regular hand strength. Um, and then I brought um, vice grips for my neighbor. Made it much, so much easier um, when you're assembling the uh, the chick brooder. Love it. And it's on wheels. <laughs> Did I mention uh-huh. it's on wheels? Because it is, which makes it movable around uh, when you need to pull it out from the wall and maybe sweep something up or, um, you know, you knock something over behind the thing. You don't have to, you know, take two people to move it. No, you can just kind of scooch it forward, grab whatever it is that fell off the top, and then push it back. Done. Easy. Uh, I stored the uh, brooder feeders and brooder waters on the top level. There was plenty of space for that. So, I mean, really self-contained, easy unit. Really, really happy with it. Uh, Downsides. Um, I would say for my hand strength, since I have arthritis, Popping the feeders in and out, uh, popping the waters in and out of the back of the brooder was a little bit challenging for me because my thumbs are a little cranky. So if I had to adjust the height of the waters, I'd have to uh, pop the water out, um, twist it, raise it like an inch or two, and then pushing it back in was just a little bit challenging with my hand strength. Um, and it, the rubber, black rubber plastic hose that connects the water tank at the top to each individual level of the brooder is some pretty stiff stuff for my arthritic, arthritic hands. So what I ended up doing uh, was taking a, a pair of pliers and just kind of stretching the ends before I popped it onto the, the um T-junctions, and that little bit of stretch um, wasn't enough to, like, cause the rubber to crack or anything, but it just widened it enough for my cranky old hands to push it on there much more easily. Um, Got a couple more videos coming out on some of their other products, and I'll have a video um, coming out on the Spruder trial alongside the article that I'm writing for you, Andy. Mm-hmm. So look for that in the future, guys. Um, it's cost for the four-layer 15-inch uh, 
at hatching time, it's $999.99. dollars 99 But you might, you know, there's there's a five-layer nine-and-a-half-inch. That might be what you're looking for. But if it's just you and your kiddos and you just want a brooder, um, they've got smaller ones. They've got a 15-inch that's two sections, super easy. I think you'll be happy putting, like, 10 or 25 chicks in there for weeks. If you've got, if you've got really, you know, testy winter conditions and uh, you want to start your chicks now, I get the one level and put that on a table. Yeah, it's got wheels. I get it. The wheels have brakes. But put that on the table, puts it at a perfect height for a child to go in there, reach in there, do whatever it is they need to do to take care of those birds. Um, whether you get the 15 inch or the nine and a half inch. So if you've got bantam chicken, use the nine and a half inch. That's like $320. And you'll have that thing for forever. Everything's within reach, especially if you have a young person who is responsible for the care of those birds. If you've got meat chickens and you're just raising 10 meat chickens, Get a one-layer 15-inch. You can keep those birds in there for three or four weeks before moving them over to a grow-out unit if you even want to or putting them outside, whatever it is you're planning to do with them. That's $360. Folks, you're going to have these for forever. You don't have to put the wheel feet on them. If you want to put this in a shed or a garage and just have them on a table, you don't have to have the wheels on them. Everything is so easy. And you don't have to have a five-gallon bucket to fill up the water. You can just use like a two- or three-gallon bucket. Most kiddos can carry that. Most adults can carry that, no problem, and just get the job done. It's so much easier. The only thing you've got to worry about is if the power goes out. And that's it. So mm-hmm. easy. <laughs> I'm so happy. And and I haven't had this kind of a, a great uh, revelation in my time saving in years. Because so, I'm just used to doing everything the old-fashioned way. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> dude, I'm not 30 anymore. I do appreciate some of these things. <laughs> exactly. I'm not 20. I'm not 30. <laughs> so oh, I do me. appreciate it. And folks, if you, if, if you think you're not ready, you're like, oh, I can hack it. Uh, check it out. Try it. You're going to be pleased. It's interesting that um, hatching time hasn't come out of my mouth probably in months because, you know, I was uh, kind of down and out with work and whatnot. And I think you and I talked about it last night and then uh, during the show. And if you don't think that your smartphones are listening to you, I opened up my phone and <laughs> I'm having all kinds of ads pop on my phone about hatching time, whether it be the incubators <laughs> or there. <laughs> I kid you not. So, um, 
hang on, I'm going to go to commercial break. When we come back, I've got a couple of questions uh, about the unit. But, uh, folks, if you're just okay. tuning in, we're talking with uh, Dr. McRae. She's reviewing. She's had them for almost a year now, the Hatching Time Brooder. And she's been reviewing that for us. You'll be able to hear this uh, episode in its entirety just moments after the live show ends here uh, in about 10 minutes. But uh, we'll be back right after this short break with more. I've got some questions for her. We'll let her wrap up, and uh, we'll move on with our day. So stay with us, folks. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry. From rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams, Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States, shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at IdealPoultry.com. That's IdealPoultry.com. Are you dealing with a stinky coop or brooder? Backyard chicken owners are loving Chick Fresh. Not only does it eliminate the nasty odors, but it also eliminates the dangerous and unhealthy ammonia. You can use Chick Fresh in your coop, brooder, garbage can, litter boxes, and more. Even use it in your spouse's smelly shoes. Get your bottle 15% off today by going to coopcarespecial.com. Take back control and say no to nasty odors. Strong Animals uses plant-based products and natural approaches to promote the health and vitality of backyard flocks. Our daily snacks, water additives, and coop refresher products contain organic essential oils, prebiotics, and other natural ingredients to promote digestive health and immunity. Give your chicks and chickens what they need to thrive with Strong Animals products. Available at local farm stores across the country and Amazon. Visit GetStrongAnimals.com today to learn more. And now we return to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, with your host, Andy Schneider. All righty, we'll be back here in uh, just a second. I've got uh, a couple of more to uh, chat about. Uh, Silly Me uh, was uh, creating this episode in the uh, Blog Talk Radio area, and I went over to the uh, switchboard, and I noticed the Brincy products commercial has disappeared. It's been deleted. So I've got to get the good wife in here and say, hey, whether it be this laptop or your old laptop or maybe your, uh, I don't know what it is, the 15 million terabyte drive that we keep so much stuff on, <laughs> you can find Brincy commercial uh, that we've been playing for over a decade. Probably needs to be updated, though the materials, you know, just the same. We play it every show um, and they've been a sponsor forever. Um, and it's it's disappeared. So I'm just going to do it live and say, hey, go check them out over at Brentsy.com. They've been a sponsor of the show for a very long time, and we mentioned some of their stuff uh, uh, during the show today, like their EcoGlow brooder heater um, and things like that. Great um, incubators. So go check them out, Brentsy.com, and don't let you forget that you get 10% off over at Brentsy.com, or if you call them and place your order, either way. If you uh, give them the coupon code WHISPER, not WHISPERER, apparently that's too confusing for people, but if you use WHISPER, uh, like I am going to whisper you a special deal, uh, then you'll get 10% off your entire order, and uh, that can add up over at Brincy. So uh, go visit them. And then there's another one I want to share with you, and that actually two more, and that is uh, Carefree Enzymes. Go check them out. I don't think I'm going to be going to IPPE this year, um, and uh, which... Heck, maybe this week. 
I don't know, maybe it's next week, but uh, and, and I've frequented that event several times, and it is quite awesome, but I just didn't want to go and be susceptible to something I would bring back home for me with my, uh, even though I'm pretty much over all my health stuff, I really don't want to go down that road again. But um, I was going to go see Patrick Haley with Carefree Enzymes. He's there every year and say hello and take him to lunch because our relationship started uh, probably 14 years ago when we had lunch, me and Patrick Haley, and we were talking about his products. And uh, so check them out, carefreeenzymes.com. Because let's face it, most backyarders want to do something all natural first. Um, they're just like, I'm doing this for all these different reasons, and I want to try something. If I have time, if my chickens aren't dropping like flies, I want to try something a little more all natural first, whether it be, say, their um, product that I'm sure all of you are familiar with, uh, the uh, uh, poultry protector, which is for the mice, uh, uh, lights, excuse me, uh, and lice. And then they've got the scaly leg protector that they've got. They've got water protector, different things like that, all natural using enzymes. So check them out because I know you want to do the all natural stuff first. And I know that because I've had you guys following me for 14 years now and know that a lot of you want the all natural stuff first. And then also uh, regarding our shavings, I just got a huge tub, I mean a barrel, I mean like a 55-gallon drum of some new shavings delivered. I guess it was last week or the week before of some new shavings to try to try. I think they're paper-based, but I'm going to try those out uh, actually in an old-fashioned brooder just to try them out and see how they do in a broodering setting. And we may add some to the nest boxes and whatnot. So we're testing those out with our good friends over at American Wood Fibers. And um, uh, one of their big things, you can buy them off Chewy. You can Go to Chewy and check their prices out at American Wood Fibers, but also <coughs> 20 of you, some of you may be listening right now because I don't know who was chosen, 20 of you are probably going to be receiving some product from American Wood Fibers um, and to try out for you to review on Chewy. Uh, if you remember on my Facebook page not too long ago, I said, hey, who would like to uh, try and review a product uh, in return of giving a review on Chewy? So 20 of you are probably going to be getting some product here in the next, uh, I don't know, 15, 30 days uh, to try out, and then we'll be looking forward to reviews on Chewy. But the cool thing about that is that it may be 45-minute drive to your closest feed store, which you love. It could be a mom-and-pop feed store that you absolutely adore, and that's where you do all your business because it's local and it's mom-and-pop, and you know Cheryl and Dave. Uh, but maybe one day you're like, I don't have time to drive that 45 minutes, but you know what? I'm going to be at Walmart anyway buying some canned soup. I'm going to go ahead and pick up some shavings there to get me through. Uh, I'm going to pick up some shavings there because uh, um, it's convenient, and they you can get their, both their cedar shavings and their pine shavings there uh, at, uh, at Wally World. And at Ingalls. Ingalls has it, for Pete's sake. I was in my Ingalls, and I was buying, I don't know what, uh, canned soup maybe. <laughs> I turn around, and there's big boxes of uh, shavings from American Wood Fibers. I called them up. I'm like, you selling Ingalls? Yes, they do. So I wanted to wrap that up since uh, – Apparently, a couple of my commercials have disappeared, so I wanted to get that done as well. We'll head back and wrap up the show with uh, Dr. McRae talking about the Hatching Time Brooder Review. And, uh, yeah, it sounds like it's a, a really good product. Uh, it sounds like there's many advantages. You know, the other uh, galvanized metal brooders have been out since the 50s, I believe. And, uh, you know, hey, they, they're, you know. Uh, and then uh, hatching time comes along and does kind of new and improve things. And I was going to ask you, like I did earlier, I was like, how many times you've been cut? And then also, I, there's no <laughs> lie, right now we've got the three level, 
And I can tell you right now, I need to order probably four of those troughs because they've gotten crispy and broken on me. So, uh, again, overall, I like the unit, but you're right. Those things do get crispy, and I've got a, I've had four that have broken on me in probably four years. So it's not something, oh, they're just snapping like crazy. But it's, we've had it for four years, and uh, we, I probably have four, maybe five, but at least four I know um, of those troughs that I just need to order new ones because the tabs broke off. It's outside. It's not in the, really in the sun, but it's still the elements and whatnot. Those those clips got that got crispy. Um, and I did mention on that one. And anyway, something else. Uh-huh. Something else that I realized is is um, these brooder brooders have parts. So you know I'm really totally into these these starter feeders and the starter drinkers. Yeah. Um, the starter drinkers are narrow, so those chicks cannot flip over and get stuck inside there. So instead of having to hunt down quail water bases, these starter drinkers are great. Yeah, they're small, but, you know, they're a perfect size in the narrow lips there. Um, they're like five bucks each. And then the starter feeders are three bucks each. Plus, it has the the brooder guard in there. They're small. They're perfectly sized. Um, I'm probably going to pick up some more of the manure trays so that I can just do a swap out and let those trays air dry after each cleaning. Sure. But they also have they have the the five gallon um, water tanks that have float valves. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So you can hook water up to them. So blessing. So the larger size um, gallon tank. So if you're if you've got yourself, if you're handy, and you want to set up a watering system that's no fuss, oh, they've yeah. got all the parts here. So they've got the 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 small drinker line, the eight inch drinker line with two nipple drinkers on it. You that's ten bucks. If you want the small nipple cup, that's three bucks. So if you got two of them, that's six bucks. Uh, they have a larger nipple cup if you wanted it. They've got the T connectors for the water hose. They've got the water hose on another page. So probably, you know, if you didn't get the huge, if maybe you got a smaller tank, you know, the two-gallon instead of the five-gallon with the float valve. Yeah. Um, for 50 bucks or less, you can have a... a almost worry-free water yeah, okay. system for your brooder. And, yeah, I mean. So I'm going to play Dr. McRae for a minute, everybody. Thing. Everybody who's listening to the show for 14 years, and, and Dr. McRae's been on about that long, um, You'll when it, so I'm, I'm going to be Dr. McRae for a minute. But you know what? That sounds like a great study that you can do, uh, Dr. McRae. Mm-hmm. You can now, uh, and, and I'll expect to see this in your article coming up in the spring issue, you can, okay, figure out how much time it took you during your care for the brooder and watering, and then figure out how much it would, the five-gallon bucket and that system, okay, this system would cost you this much to add on, but yet it's going to save you this much time. How much your time worth? That's exactly what's going to be in the article. (laughs) (laughs) And so I know you could do that. You could say, hey, if you spent 40 bucks more, then you would save an hour and 16 minutes every month (laughs) on, on having to 
make sure the troughs are full of water because you spent an extra 20 bucks on this system. So, yeah, absolutely. You're telling me all about that. And I'm like, I hope that's going to be in the spring issue. And uh, that's exactly <laughs> something she would tell me. If I'm doing something like that, I, I'll hear. I say, here comes Dr. McRae. She's going to tell me. She's like, well, that sounds like a great job for you, Andy. <laughs> I think that well, would be I great. It. So there. <laughs> 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 I, I put my it. money where my mouth is. So you can yeah, look for that uh, information in the article. <laughs> I knew you would. Thanks for coming on today. That sounds great. Uh, website, is it hatchingtime.com? I'm just taking a guess. Yep, hatchingtime.com. And the brooder assembly video, that's on the Facebook page for Center for Small Flock Research. Center for Small Flock Research. You can search that at Facebook. And then just so people, when they go to hatchingtime.com, they have – grow-out pens, and, and incubators too, correct? Yes, they've got some okay. really tight incubators. And, and i got to uh, say, setters and hatchers in their incubation uh, line. So they can look at all that one over there at hatchingtime.com, and they can start drooling and oh, yeah. get a little – and get a money jar and put it in the kitchen in the cabinet and say, <laughs> put, hatch, <laughs> put hatch time on it and put a little stash in there every payday. And every these are payday. great for classrooms. Let me tell you, these units are perfect for classrooms. And we're getting to that time of year where everybody wants to do a hatching project. Yeah. Well, you know, normally those chicks have to disappear after a few days. Well, they don't have to. They don't have to disappear from the classroom for maybe, you know, another two or three weeks. Yeah. If you get one of these brooding units, and then the kiddos actually learn even more. They can learn about animal behavior. They can do some real deep dives into um, chickens and start that passion early. And imagine if they hatched out some bantams. They, who knows how many weeks they could be in there because they're going to be so much smaller and gross. So, you know, then they could get some bantams and, and put them in there, and then they can really enjoy that time and and uh, watch them grow and learn more about them. So that's a great idea, too. Very cool. And you said the floor real quick, uh, and we'll go. The floor of the hatching time is open. So of the brooder. Obviously fall through. Right, of the brooder, yeah, uh, that drops through. Um, but you you said something about you could add or, or remove something on the floor to make those holes smaller. Okay, so for the, for the droppings during weeks uh, two and three for me, I let the droppings fall through the plastic mesh floor onto a droppings pan. Got it. But during the first week, they have little plastic pads okay. that you put in there to keep the chicks from falling through the holes Got if it. they're real tiny. Okay. So, yeah. Perfect. And, and I, probably, I probably left them in there twice as long as I should have, but, you know, hey, they did fine. Cool. All right, good deal. Uh, just popped in my mind too. Well, thank you for coming on today and sharing your year-long experience with Hatching Time Brooder. And folks, you can go to HatchingTime.com and check out all their good stuff. And look forward to Dr. McRae's article in the spring issue of Chicken Whisperer magazine that'll probably be out in late February, early March. So, Dr. McRae, thank you very much for coming on today. Thanks, Andy. Sure. See you next time. Bye bye. Alrighty, that's going to wrap up another show of Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer brought to you by our good friends uh, at Tucker Milling. And again, folks, don't forget, you can sign up for the totally free digital edition of Chicken Whisperer Magazine at chickenwhisperermagazine.com. 
This has been Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Tucker Milling, with your host, Andy Schneider. For more information, find us on the web at chickenwhisperer.com, on Facebook by typing in The Chicken Whisperer, on Twitter at Backyard Poultry, and on Instagram at The Real Chicken Whisperer. Thanks for listening. <laughs>